Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positive Doctor Who episode commentary podcast with me, Toby Haydock. Hello, I'm Daryl McLean. I'm a voice actor, impressionist, composer and clown stroke daft bugger. My favourite Doctor Who story is The Chase from 1965. Okay, welcome back everybody to episode five of The Chase which promises us, rather excitingly, the death of Doctor Who. Uh, so if you'd like to see that, press play or enter or whatever it is you'd like to press in three, two, one, now. Um, oh, my sound is down. It's a different day from when you... Uh, last joined me on this chase through time and space. I felt I was flagging a bit last episode, so I went to bed. Um, uh, I, I was flagging and a bit rough around the edges, but then so was the episode. So I, I, I think I think I'm going to allow myself that. But I've recharged my batteries, and now there are two of me. No, um, I'm I'm intrigued to see this because he actually it doesn't doesn't look actually so bad from 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 this distance i'm no i'm i'm accepting that oh the, ah the death of doctor who i mean isn't that just the most exciting episode terry nation knew what he was doing uh it's very perils of pauline going ah yeah well i'm going to set myself up something that looks inescapable doctor who is going to except of course the death the Doctor Who that dies is the robot Doctor Who. Well, robots can't actually die. I know. I know. But go with it and have fun. The the fungoids, also known as the garbage cones. And I think these creatures here. Um, Jack Jack Pitt, having played the cabin boy of Venom Grub, now gets to do this. I think one of them is Ken Tilson as well, who had been a censorite. Um, and I think in the, in the script, in the camera script, they're referred to as mushroom malone are they and fungoid fred and toadstool taffy i think they all have amusing names uh, that are not canon it's a serious program that was just them larking about behind the scenes as actors and creative types do uh, uh I, but again it's it's an attempt to you know inhospitable alien environments we don't really do that much anymore which suggests to me we've got a little bit blasé about uh, about space travel and for, and for the sake of telling the story and meeting a new civilization or or or, or whatever um we i don't think we get as as carried away in 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 you know the peculiarities of an alien environment you know things are alien things are strange and again i sort of contend more so in the 60s than than since, as we've sort of got used to the fact that television stories take us to other planets. We go, well, yeah, we, we do that. Don't We don't need to bother about the mechanics of the other planet unless we have to wear a special hat to stop us exploding or whatever, just to play lip service to it. But it's not allowed to get in the way of the, of the story, which has to be about more. Uh, I know there are exceptions. Don't write in. Um, uh, and it's very bold to do it on a on a TV budget uh, in 1965. Um, but but this this is already feeling more like what you expect of a Dalek story. You know the the Daleks of 
yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I say that. I suppose because of the the the, the Dalek planet in, in, in the Daleks and, and, and later you've got Kemble and everything, haven't you, in the Dalek master plan, although the Dalek master plan is, is largely a slightly longer chase. Uh, and this is, and I think some of this, I think it was the fight certainly was recorded earlier in the day because uh, it's quite complicated and because of, I think, the toll it would have taken on on, on Hartnell. It's certainly a bold manoeuvre to go, we're going to have a fight between identical doctors when, and, and essentially do it in real in real time and with, with limited camera trickery you've got to sort of take your hat off and go okay if that's what you're gonna do um and again do we do we say that is you know hugely ambitious or do we say that is a daft misunderstanding of the resources available i don't know i've got a i've got a grudging admiration for 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 a time when you'd go well look and, and essentially i interviewed peter um Philip Hitchcliffe relatively recently and I'd, I'd been watching him on that um, Lively Arts documentary where he basically said we do these special effects and we're, and we're happy if 50% of them work so that idea that you would embark upon something and some, and you would go but sometimes this won't work but the audience will, will accept that because they accept they don't need it to be 100% convincing because they know they're watching a fiction and they know that the programme is trying to, if not depict something entirely accurately, to suggest something. And you have to do the rest of it. Uh, well, that is lost. That is a lost art now, that the audience do the work with you. The audience, uh, and there's a lot of glib television programmes and glib television critics that I think have, have encouraged us and helped us to do that, where a television critic is somebody that doesn't love the medium, but scores points by coming up with a bon mot at the expense of the programme makers, even if it's got actually nothing to do with what was broadcast. Um, and I think I've said before, you know, you don't win. You don't win. If you don't, if you get the enjoyment out of the show by being a bit superior to it, um, well, if that's how you want to enjoy yourself, well done. But uh, you, yeah, you, you, if, if, if if you don't want to go with the the storytelling, that's up to you. Um, now that's not to say that <laughs> Doctor Who always gets it right. Uh, and also, if you are somebody that watches Doctor Who to laugh at its imperfections, but you enjoy it, that is absolutely fine. I think I think the reason I went down vexatious alley uh, uh, <laughs> via um, crossroad. Um, was just I was just reminded of, um, of of the fact that the people that write about television for a living often um, seem to be rather disdainful of it, which I think is is a bit rich. Uh, but Doctor Who fans, we enjoy it all in different ways, don't we? Some people will Gavin Rymel, who I think I've mentioned, you know, he enjoys he enjoys getting to the nitty gritty of the different different Dalek designs. Uh, other people like, um, you know, making their own costumes and dressing up. I find it amusing that some quarters of Doctor Who fandom will will have a go at. In fact, I've I've is it? Keir, I think Kieran Hyman, I who's a, who's a fan I met once at a convention, but I've seen him online. He's 
I think when I met him, he was dressed as Ian from The Chase. And I have got no desire to make a costume, to ape a costume, to discover whose costume was made out of what. But if somebody else does, and they have a great time doing it, and that's an expression of their creativity, I think that is great, and I think that is a wonderful thing that Doctor Who has done. And there is no, you know... some corners, I, 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 I think, of people, certainly of the internet inhabited by people of my age, you know, are, are, are rather um, dismissive at best of cosplay, which is a thing I totally do not get or want to do. But do I, I but I don't, I, I certainly don't think that I'm any better than for, because I, I can identify a character actor at 30 paces or... Uh, whatever else it is that you know that I get carried away by with, with and the sort of minutiae that vex me about uh, uh, about Doctor Who um, it's all fine it's all good um, curious these sets aren't they uh, but that's a, that's an inventive shot because it's shooting through what some sort of gossamer uh, oh that's really weird and the way that that's been lit it is that uh, you know whatever whatever's drawn on whatever's painted on it uh, uh, has a sort of slightly abstract quality there's a nice uh, high camera oh I'm so sorry I've, I've gone back to shooting this in the normal fashion uh, we only had the high camera once to make up for my rather tired performance Um, I wonder if you put garbage code on your CV <laughs> or fungoid. Um, I suppose what is 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 fungoid what the plant is called and garbage cone is its Latin name, garbageicus conicus. Um, oh, oh, and it sort of it sort of deflates. Um, but you know there are. You know, not unlike the Varga plant, which is another piece of sort of uh, lethal vegetation played by actors uh, that that appear in a in a future piece of uh, of, of Terry Nation. He liked his hostile environments. He liked his. I'm mean, looking at the episode titles, lining this up. You know, the what journey into terror and uh, the death of time. I mean, some of them just sort of mean nothing, do they? Uh, there's the famous waking ally in uh, uh, in Dalek Invasion of Earth, but uh, a lot of, a lot of the title a lot of the titles in in the Hartnell era are quite strange. There's four ones like The Rescue and The Escape, but I like it when they get a bit sort of um, yeah destruction of time the destruction of time that that at least that, that that has a time destructor. Oh yeah, William Hartnell's playing the robot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd for, I'd forgotten about this because um, I associate the the robot with being uh, Edmund Warwick, but uh, and this is pretty much done in real time, isn't it? Um, and he's in fact walking. And and so now we have M- Edmund Warwick as as your actual doctor, dubbed on by Hartnell, 
and I'm, I'm loving these layers of, as I say, what is it, gossamer, uh, sort of uh, slightly see-through, slightly translucent uh, set set dressing or whatever. That's really that's really quite clever. Slightly more effective than than these these drawn on. Oh, I actually quite like those because you can't tell if they're drawn on, if they're ridged or whatever. And now Hartnell, because we had the camera on Ian and Vicky, Hartnell swapped places with Edmund Warwick. It's almost like a tag team sort of thing. I think this is quite inventive and ingenious. Um, and, and 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 it's and it's and and there's nothing you know we've, we've not had anything quite like this where the, you know for our heroes the doctor they're not sure if the doctor that you know that is 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 some sort of evil imposter and he, you know by by this point he's you know he's the main guy um i know early on in the series he was uh uh you know, he, he was a he was a character we weren't sure about, but this is this is quite disturbing. Yeah, the Daleks did make a the the, the death of Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, I like I I like these titles, but they may, they may as well be called the the bad thing is going to happen or, or but it's just i like yeah i like i sometimes like the vagueness which i has gone i'm not i'm not even going to call it empire state building of doom i'll just call it uh, bad bad thing will happen or awful potentialities uh, <laughs> um right ah that's that's when uh, edmund warwick actually uh, speaks that no that is uh they obviously decided that um they could get away with one syllable oh yes and he's attacking her with the cane uh, that's that's pretty grim that uh, uh but i i think in some of those shots edmund warwick does not look too dissimilar to to hartnell i was expecting much worse <laughs> I, I have to say, because I'm going into this very much in a positive frame of mind, I think I, I think my brain has sort of prepared me for the worst with some things, so they are consequently slightly better than I might think. So I might be I might be being kinder, but I'm not I'm not being disingenuous. I think because I prepared myself for the fall, the landing is slightly safer. Uh, oh, which one's the doctor? And this is, this is quite a call for 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 Hartnell to, and this is clever with the angles and. I th I think this is pretty ingenious stuff for a television studio without recourse to special effects or post production and all of that sort of thing. Uh, I I think this is I think this is pretty smart. Uh, that right okay that's not William Hartnell. <laughs> Um, and oh, he's 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 a bit like he's a bit like a uh, a, a, a tenth planet Cyberman in the fact that he's he's not not really not really making much attempt for the for the mouth movements to uh, match what he's actually saying, but 
because uh, he, he shouldn't be sh shot all that much. But and we don't. Yeah, this is this is this is not a bad uh, a bad face-off. Um, uh, although, yeah, I mean, studio fights are pretty clumsy at this time, and and you know there have been better fights than that in the history of Doctor Who, but there have also been worse. <clears throat> the time meddler. Um, I've got a feeling I've looked at the camera and said the time meddler before when referring to a bad fight in Doctor Who. And I, I bet <laughs> I wonder if I do it for this this <laughs> broadcast when I get to do the time medal. I go, actually, this fight is rather good. Um, it's uh, it's uh, suggestive of ancient Viking battles. Um, let's see. Eh? Um, oh, Dalek getting eaten by a garbage cone. But that's but what about the Dalek that's inside the garbage? Oh, no, he's he's survived. I've got I'm I'm sure I read there are some. I oh I remember Doctor Who magazine saying that a, a, a BBC camera appears in uh, in the jungles of Mechanus, uh, and I remember I had to look really hard for it. Um, I probably won't spot it this time round. There is a BBC camera in the jungles of Mechanus, but uh, I can't remember off the top of my head entirely when it is. But you can spend whole days. Uh, searching for it if you if you so desire um, and that can that again that could be quite fun if that's what you want to do but Doctor Who's not unusual in uh, in, in, in that if you, if you watch quite a lot of old telly you see things poking in to the corners oh oh Ian Ian is so sort of casually brave isn't he uh, and and the and the dynamic that they have, and the dynamic that the Doctor has with Barbara. I do hope they got married. I'm sure. I'm sure. I asked it, William Russell at a commentary once, and I and I think I was expecting him to go. When I said, "Oh, did Ian and Barbara get married?" And I think well, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure he shot me down. I can't remember. I, I, I seem to recall getting shot down by William Russell quite kindly. Um, but just I'd, I'd throw in something that I thought he'd just go with, and <laughs> he didn't. Um, but that might be just me being paranoid because you're in a sense of uh, high alert when you meet your heroes and are then doing a thing with them. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, he's he's a very charming uh, and engaging fellow, and he's a he's a lovely actor. Um, and I was showing my partner something that. Uh, his son, Alfred Enoch, uh, was in, uh, who's carrying on the tradition and being... And, and you can actually see... Uh, you can see that he's his son. There is, there is a, a similarity in the, in the, in, in the look. Um, uh, and he's done some stuff in the States and he's done some great stage and TV work here. Uh, what was that... S Spying on the sleeping bodies of our heroes. Uh, this what's this what what's this one called? Oh, the death of Doctor Who, and the next one's called the Planet of Decision, which is which is again is a really odd. I like those ones where you they're, they're a really where you sort of go. I don't I don't really know what that that means, and you you wouldn't sort of 
use that sequence of words today, I think. I mean, we know what the planet is, we know what decision means, and yes, I suppose a decision is made on the planet, but it, it, it it's... Oh, look at that! That is a glorious uh, model of the mechanoid city on stilts. That's a wonderful-looking thing. Um, uh, Ray Cusick and John Wood are the designers. And... Uh, I think that uh, that is a fabulous looking thing, that mechanoid city. I remember that picture was in the early years book. Um, that's where you've got to get to. And this is where... And of course, when, I, when you first read about this story, this was, this was the story that had the mechanoids in it. Uh, and it's only, it's only when you watch it that you go, not, they don't have them in it that much. Um, did I just spot... Okay, so that's they're the film Daleks, I think, in the... In the background, the slight the ones with slightly different coloured domes, and they've had the they've had the uh, the, the, the their big bumpers removed. Um, this is this is rather funky lounge music to herald the uh, the, the the danger. It's 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 almost like we've just we've just walked into a funky bar. Yeah, what? That's a that's rather a joyous musical choice. And the doctor, of course, has gone to do the sheer suicide thing that Barbara has just been talking about, um, which perhaps would have been a more dramatic moment had it not been a Bing Bang Boo. I'm Doctor Who, and I'm not a dead Doctor Who, but I'm gonna boop boop doo with the. So, yeah, there's a couple of film Daleks in the back there, look. Uh, I think I'm right in that. Again, Gavin Rymill's website is the repository for knowledge for all... Oh, because this is the first, the first one with, with the slats on the side as well, isn't it? Which, which were the Daleks I grew up with, and I was quite surprised when I saw the very early ones that they didn't have the slats on the midriff. They had, they had uh, the sort of horizontal things going round, which you can see the ones in the back ground have because they're yeah it's film dalek oh and by the film dalek is the camera i saw the camera uh yeah that is the camera how exciting uh i hope that's made your day that you could see a mistake i've definitely not noticed these sort of um see-through blankets or whatever they are that, that sort of make up the set i think that's uh, i i like those a lot Oh, the doctor's pretending to be the robot. Oh, oh. Oh, gosh, he seems quite, he seems quite shaken by that. Uh, and, and, you know, hearing the doctor, the, the, the Dalek shooting off, off screen, there was a suggestion there that the doctor might have bought it. That was, oh, oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I, I, I'd forgotten that the wall sort of collapsed. The, the drama's really heightened in the past, the last three minutes or so of, uh, of this episode. you got no choice. Yeah, that's great. It's sort of, you know, do we, do we stay in the frying pan or do we jump into the fire? It's a planet of decision. Well, they've, they've, they've just made the decision. Surely it's not called the planet of the decision because of that decision, because they've made the decision. 
the planet that was decided upon, where a decision has just taken place. Robot Doctor Who. Um, mechanoid voice. Mechanoid is spelt wrong, isn't it? Uh, a fight arranged by Peter Diamond. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Mechanoid is spelt wrong on the credits for this episode, which I sort of like. That will remind. I will. I will mention some other uh, nomenclature-based hijinks, uh, Mechanoid styley in the next episode. Uh, but I have to choose my favourite flight through eternity. Yeah, see, that doesn't mean anything. Journey into terror. That doesn't mean anything. I've got the episode titles up. The death of time. They're just sort of like, he could have called it dry planet of the sad fish people, you know, or um, Empire State Building of Doom or Haunted House of Terror. Um, but instead, it's just sort of, I'll, I'll be vague because I'll, I'll write the title and then I'll write the episode. And then I won't bother to go back and change the title. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, right. Oh, what have I cho- What have I got to choose? Um, 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 um. Well, I just think the sheer balls of going, I've got... Because I remember reading the title, The Death of Doctor Who, uh, in a Doctor Who quiz book. I think it said, match these episode titles with with their stories i thought the death of doctor then when i read about the chase and read about the fact there was a robot doctor i thought i bet that's what it is that it's not doctor who it's the robot doctor again if you're a kid and you work that out you feel really really clever because they're basically saying you're gonna watch an episode now that doctor who dies and at some point in that episode the kids watching will go oh no i know they mean the robot phew doctor who's not gonna die and i think that's that's writing very well that's writing very cleverly for your for your audience and it also leads to the production team having to be very very inventive not always succeeding but some of the ways that they depicted the robot and some of the hard work that William Hartnell put in and some of the clever use of the cameras uh uh you know led to some great invention and some great slights of hand and slights of performance in order to pull off that thing that was frankly impossible under the circumstances in which they made television in those days, unless they'd had a, you know, unless they'd had a film sequence that they could, you know, I'm surprised they didn't even try to sort of go, well, let's do that bit on film. But they didn't. They did it in the studio. The mad bastards. (laughs) That's what I like about it. And that's, you know, it probably would disappointed and embarrassed me 20 years ago. uh, And I'm not a worse person for actually going i think that's great and really entertaining my life is better now that uh that i i i think that is fine uh as i edge ever closer towards death i'm more accepting of slightly ship slipshod television and if there's not a lesson in that i don't know oh dear right um so what does daryl like he's an enthusiastic fellow isn't he i've never met him Uh, And he's put real effort into this, and I'm very grateful. Reason number five. Five. We'll have other hand next. Hope there's not too many of these. I don't want to take my socks off. Uh, Reason (laughs) number five is the mechanoids. Now, a lot of the 60s monsters, as much as we love them, are quite ugly. Generally lumps with eyes on stalks. Or, you know, fiberglass with eyes. But the mechanoids are beautiful. They are basically just a geodesic sphere. I don't have one with me, so that you're going to imagine a mechanoid. 
Sorry, is this... <laughs> I don't know what this is. Like a turtle. Um, but the mechanoids are beautiful and they're amazing and they never got used again and they should be brought back. They could still be brought back. If they can bring back the macra, they can bring back the mechanoids. Do something interesting with them. Have them open up what's inside. Bring back the mechanoids. They are gorgeous. So, reason number um, yeah, we'll have to have reason number six uh, in the next episode. And I'm slightly irritated by that because I nearly chose the Mechanoid because that's a great entrance, especially with the, the door collapses or whatever it did there. Uh, and that was a really tense last few minutes of that episode. That was very well done. Funky lounge music aside. Um, it wasn't that. That's the opening music. But it was still, it was still, yeah. Um, uh the mechanoid I liked, but I sort of had in the back of my head to go, well, I'll choose the mechanoids next week because that's the mechanoid episode. And I can't do that now because Daryl has chosen the mechanoids. So I'm going to have to choose something else. Uh, so I thought I'd, I thought I'd made my choice, but it does mean that next week I'm going to have to, well, I'm clearly, I'm going to be on a planet of decision. Well, how appropriate. See you there if you decide to join me. I think you'll find. 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 This is another one of those episodes that was recorded before it was pointed out to me, quite correctly, that the Gavin Rymill Dalek website, I eulogise, and rightly so, dalek6388.co.uk, is actually a joint work by Gavin and John Green. So I'm happy to correct this oversight, which I don't think will be repeated in future episodes. Thank goodness. Sorry, John. He's been lovely about it, but sorry. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest this time around was Daryl McLean, who can be found at MacLockdown on Twitter. M-A-C Lockdown. I'd like to extend my thanks to my featured patrons this episode, who are Ruben Herfindahl, Pete Dylan Trenchard, Paul Dykes, Andrew East, David Gillespie, Charles Gears, Lisa Gledhill, Paul J. Guest, Steve Hatcher, Duncan Harvey, Simon Hodges, Sam Hollingsworth, Matthew Hooliston, Darren Howard, Gregory Hudson, Robert Jewell, Christopher Joyce, and Judith Jackson. The music for this podcast is specially composed by Dave Gates, and the podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. Now listen up, everybody. Patrons get advance releases and exclusive material, and you can join their number at patreon.com forward slash Toby or you can do a one-off contribution at ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydock. They help to keep these podcasts going at a time when performers like myself have no income stream whatsoever. Uh, but if you can't do that, and that's completely understandable, and you're still very, very welcome, perhaps you could go onto your podcast outlet and give a five-star rating or lovely review or both. 
You can find out more information at www.tobyhadoke.com and please check out my weekly comedy show on twitch.tv forward slash xsmalarkey. That's an X and an S and the word malarkey. It's a comedy club I've been running for 24 years and I have special guests from around the comedy circuit every week. It's a bit swearier and less Doctor Who-y than here, but it's still fun nonetheless. (laughs) 